0: It's rewind time. We're going to go back and rewatch some of our favorite TV shows and movies from the 80s and 90s and see if they still hold up. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Staring at Us with Aaron and Odell. Hello, Aaron. Hello, Odell. So, before we get started, we have a quick announcement. We have to admit, when we started the show, Our intent was to ask each other questions and just talk, and we really hoped that we would get other people writing in, answering the same questions, and our hope was to make this, or at least my hope, I thought that eventually this would turn into like a community effort where we're sitting and talking and joking with other people. That didn't happen, so we started adding in movies and Sweet Valley High, which has been lots of fun.
1: It has been. This has
0: probably been the favorite part of the show. Yes. Though, very quickly, (laughs) got really sick of Sweet Valley High.
1: Very quickly got overwhelmed.
0: (laughs) Well, that, because we were, we thought, oh, we can get through two books once a month easily. But, you know, there's life and there's another podcast and there's lots of editing and shit that has to get done. And the Sweet Valley High books, to me, started feeling very repetitious. And I only got like 12 books in and I was over it.
1: (laughs) Well... And honestly, I feel like for me, the Sweet Valley High books brought up a lot of things that I need to talk about in therapy. (laughs) And so there's like, I was discovering all these things about myself, which is wonderful. And we should always strive to do that. But I don't have time for that right now. It was a little too much. I think
0: I would have enjoyed them more if it wasn't... Like, we had to get these done so that we could get them on the show. Right. And it was cutting into my reading of books that I really wanted to read. I will eventually get through the Sweet Valley High series. I might be 80 years old before I read that last book, but it'll eventually happen.
1: It'll happen.
0: But basically, life is busy. This show really had no direction. Our other show is doing really, really well. So, we talked about it. And what we've decided is WeSauce, as of now, or Wiser from Staring at Us, is going on hiatus. Yes. Might be a year, it might be forever, who knows. But we're taking part of the concept and making a new show. And the reason we're making it a new show is because it's a concept based on WeSauce, but we are refocusing, I guess, the show. It's going to only launch in summer. So it will launch the Friday after Memorial Day, and it will run through the Friday before Labor Day. So typically, I mean, when I was in high school, we went back to school just before Labor Day. But that was basically our summer. What we're going to do is every summer, we're going to choose a year, either in the 80s or the 90s, and that entire season of the show will be focused on things that happened that year.
1: I love this idea. I think it's brilliant because that is definitely my favorite part of Wee Sauce is going back. Yes. And just kind of revisiting these decades. Exactly.
0: I'm with you. So, they will release on Fridays instead of Thursdays. It's going to be titled Suddenly Last Summer, a little motels throwback, but love also it. talking about those summers because I remember when the summer was done when I was in high school or whatever. It was like, that was the best summer ever. Summer that was, was summer.
1: everything yes. when I was growing up.
0: So this will be our last Wee Sauce for now. And like I said, maybe once we get like our other podcast gets to where we want it to be and we're we're getting there, we're getting there. We get a lot more listeners. These listeners become fans and they actually want to hear us talk about ourselves. Maybe we'll have some interaction. (laughs) We can bring back WeSauce and focus just on answering and asking questions and whatnot.
1: I agree. I want that to be a total group effort. It's just more
0: fun that way. We can laugh at and with each other. Yes. And support each other. So we're going to leave the WeSauce feed up. So if you want to go back and listen to those shows, they'll be there for you. And then suddenly last summer will be a brand new show, brand new feed. But we'll remind you when it's coming by putting up a reminder on the Sauce feed. So, don't unsubscribe from that. And most of you are our friend, friends and family anyway. So, we will, we will let you know you on will find out. and whatnot when Suddenly Last Summer we will launch. But today, we are, did you have something to say? No, <laughs> I like,
1: didn't. No, I just had a sigh that I needed to do.
0: Today, we're closing out on our last movie. What did we do? We, Stand By Me.
1: Yes.
0: And so I assigned another movie that Erin had not yet seen. And so since I assigned it and I really wanted her to watch this movie, we're closing out the show with Terms of Endearment*, One of my favorite movies ever. Yes. I love it so much. But before we jump in, we're going to take a look at what the top movies and songs were the week of September 2nd, 1983. That's the year and the same day that this episode was released. So looking at movies. Yes. Number 10, War Games. One thing that I noticed was that all of my movies Uh that I chose were 1983. Yes. For whatever reason.
1: Uh, For whatever reason. No. 1983 and 1982 are two years that for whatever reason really hit you hard. I'm going to need you to go back and look at what was going on in your life. Right. And the thing is, I was only
0: like 10 and 11 years old at the time. What were you doing? So, and I didn't see these movies until later, though, is the thing. So it was like when I was probably 13 or 14, as when I saw these movies because that's when they were released. I know. It's so crazy. Number nine, Staying Alive was still going strong, uh-huh. surprisingly uh-huh. enough. Number eight, Trading Places. Number seven, Flashdance. Number six, Hercules—not the Disney one. I don't know what movie this was. I didn't realize there was another Hercules movie. I knew that that broke the top ten in a week. What exactly? Number five, Star Wars: Episode Six, Return of the Jedi. Number four, National Lampoon's Vacation. (laughs) Number three, Easy Money. Number two, Risky Business. And number one, forgot about this movie, Mister Mom.
1: I love that movie.
0: I think I saw it in the 80s, and I haven't seen it since. It's just one that I forget. But Terry Garr, right? And Michael Yes, yes. All right. So our top 10 songs. Yes. Number 10, Human Nature by Michael Jackson. Human. I can hear it.
1: Wait. uh, Human. No. What am I thinking? I'm thinking of the duet he did with Janet Jackson.
0: Oh, that's Scream.
1: Scream. And that was
0: much later here.
1: Wait, did... Madonna, do a human nature song?
0: Yes. But that's hers... what I'm
1: thinking of. That's the tune I'm hearing. So okay. I'm like, that is not 1983.
0: Number nine. I love the song so much. I'll Tumble For You by Culture Club. Do I not know that one? What is that? Oh my one? God, Aaron. <laughs> that whole <laughs> album it was their first album with Karma Chameleon, Time, Clock of the Heart.
1: Oh, yes. I love that entire album. I saw them in concert. Really? Not that long ago. They were in concert with the B-52s. Nice. And with I... the Thompson twins, but there's only one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I got insanely intoxicated, like embarrassingly <laughs> intoxicated. And I kept screaming at Boy George that I loved him. And finally, he said, I love you too. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know how loud I can get.
0: <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing.
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure he sang that song. I bet he did. I don't remember. More than likely.
0: Number eight, It's a Mistake by Men at Work. I never remember what that song is. And every time I pull it up, I'm like, eh, didn't care for it. So I didn't bother. (laughs) Uh, Number seven, Tell Her About It by Billy Joel. Oh, nice. Number six, I'm going to admit, I always hated this song. What? The Safety Dance by Men Without Hats.
1: I love The Safety Dance. (laughs) It is so informative.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Number five, loved this one. She Works Hard for the Money by Donna Summer.
1: Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: <laughs> number so four, hard for
1: it, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, guys.
0: Number that. four, I always hated this song, too. Putting on the Ritz by Taco.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the fact that that even made it to number four is just perplexing to me. That is annoying. Number three, which this one has been number one every movie that I've done. Every Breath You Take by The Police. Ah.
1: such number a Number two,
0: Maniac by Michael Cimbello. Which I love okay. the song, but it's surprising that it's on this top 10 list. But Flashdance, that won the Oscar, has dropped uh-huh. off. And number one, best song ever. What? Sweet Dreams Are Made of This by the Eurythmics.
1: <gasps> God, I love that song. That song,
0: and Here Comes Rain Again. Oh are my gosh. My Those favorites. are amazing. I love them so much. So that's what we were looking at this day in 1983 as our top Ten movies and top ten songs. And the funny thing is, in terms of Endearment, hadn't even been released yet on September 2nd, 1983. It didn't come out until November. Oh. So, I'm going to give a quick synopsis. Aurora oh, and... Oh,
1: we were doing September, because that's when this is airing. That's the
0: day this drops, yes. <laughs>
1: okay, I got it.
0: <laughs> so, the synopsis from IMDb is Aurora and Emma, our mother and daughter, who march to different drummers. Beginning with Emma's marriage, Aurora shows how difficult and loving she can be. The movie covers several years of their lives as each finds different reasons to go on living and find joy. Aurora's interludes with Garrett Breedlove, retired astronaut, and next-door neighbor are quite striking. In the end, different people show their love in very different ways. <sighs>
1: Ain't that the truth?
0: <laughs> it was. It's the most beautiful movie ever. It was released November 23rd, 1983. It starred. Everybody. Yes. The fucking amazing Charlotte McLean. I love her. I love so her much. so much.
1: I forgot how much I love her. But yes. every my favorite movies of hers, I mean, I I obviously this is now tops, but mm-hmm. Steel Magnolias, she stole that movie. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen The Apartment with no, Jack Lemmon? But oh I need my to. God, I love that movie. It's incredible. I love her so much. Oh.
0: Yeah. Every, because I, I rewatched this last night, I've seen this movie countless times because this movie, so back, and I guess I must have been much less emotionally mature back then because I haven't felt the need to do this in a while. I guess maybe I've got my mental health in check now. <laughs> oh, I'm, that's so great. I'm feeling more centered and balanced, but I used to just get to these points in life where I think I was just overwhelmed with everything. and. So, there are two things that would help me get centered. Mm -hmm. One was dancing it out, just turning on some 80s dance music and dancing it out. If that didn't help, then I would watch a really sad movie that I knew was going to make me cry and just get that emotional release. And then I was fine. Yeah. It wasn't that I was sad. I wasn't necessarily depressed. I don't think I just needed a release.
1: Yes. There are times when I need a good cry. Yes. I just need, I have things that are building inside me. I got to get it out.
0: And this is one of those movies that I would watch.
1: <gasps> it This now is for me.
0: And then there's also The Champ with oh, John Voight never saw and Ricky Shredder. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that <laughs> I movie so much. I both of those people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like them now. <laughs> right. But back in the day when Ricky Shredder was just this little eight-year-old oh, and adorable. He so
1: was Mm-hmm.
0: The movie and um, wasn't
1: it a remake?
0: Yes, and Joan Crawford is also in it. She plays oh, hello the mom,
1: Mommy but dearest.
0: it's amazing. And it if it does not make you weep uncontrollably the last like five to ten minutes, there is something oh, wrong god. with you. Oh god! Oh god! And then there was another movie called "It's My Party," which was about a man who develops AIDS. His partner didn't get it. They grew apart. Well, the dude, it's Eric Roberts, who has AIDS, finds oh, out that he's yeah. dying. And rather I than think lose his vision, watch this. I think I may have. So he decides he's going to take the kill pill because uh-huh, he doesn't want uh-huh. to suffer. And so uh-huh. he has one last party for himself. My and God, he has to tell everyone goodbye at the end. And oh my God, it wrecked me. But I always feel better. So these are my three movies. When I need a good cry, Interesting.
1: When I need a release.
0: Those are my go-to's. My,
1: I think my go-tos are, well, this will be added now. Titanic makes me cry every time,
0: Mm.
1: and Color Purple. Yeah, yeah. that one hurts. That Mm -hmm. one hurts. It stirs something deep in my soul. Yep. Yeah, this one, Odell. I hate you (laughs) for making me watch this because I need to tell you what happened that night. So I really quick.
0: Let's, yeah. Let's go through who starred in it. Oh, yes, the, yes, yes. So it starred Shirley MacLaine, as we mentioned, as Aurora. It sh, uh, starred Deborah Winger as her daughter, Emra, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Nicholson played Garrett Breedlove, the doctor or the astronaut. <laughs> My God, what's wrong with me? What Jeff, is
1: wrong with you?
0: <laughs> Jeff Daniels was in it, played Flat. So young. Yes. Danny DeVito was in it, as was John Lithgow mm-hmm. and several other people, but these were. The big names, and they were all amazing. It has a seventy-eight percent certified fresh Rotten Tomato score and an eighty-three percent. Only seventy-eight? Yeah, which I think it's been driven down because I don't know why these faux movie reviewers. When I was looking through the like the reviews, there are people who reviewed it. From like newspapers and online magazines as recently recently. as just a year or so ago. And they were given it really low scores. I don't
1: even understand that because I just watched it for the first time to get out of this whole 1983 thing and watched it just as a really amazing movie. I don't understand why anyone would rate this lower.
0: It's someone who's on Rotten Tomatoes trying to put in all of these reviews, trying to make themselves look smart.
1: Taking down the, the commercial success. Right.
0: It won five Oscars.
1: Deservedly so. Best
0: Picture, Best Actress for Shirley MacLaine, Best Actor for Jack Nicholson, and Best Director and Best Writing for James L. Brooks. Wait, was At it all... Best
1: Actor or Best Supporting Actor for Jack Nicholson?
0: Um, I have Best Actor here. I'm going to look this up. Please do. The Golden Globes. It won Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture Drama for Shirley MacLaine. Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role in a Motion Picture for Jack Nicholson. That one was supporting. And then Best Screenplay and Best Motion Picture Drama for James L. Brooks.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I know he and John Lithgow were in the same category.
0: I knew Deborah Winger um, submitted herself for Best Actress.
1: Right. Which,
0: if she had nominated herself for best supporting actress, she
1: would have won in a heartbeat. Yeah, best supporting actor.
0: He won best. Okay.
1: Yeah. Correct yourself.
0: You just did it for me. So okay. So those are our awards. The certified fresh score. The release date. Who starred? The synopsis. Oh shit! It's time for a break. Let's discuss.
1: Okay. I went on Facebook because that's the you only. Did, I, remember. I did. And only outlet. I announced that I was watching this for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is one of those movies. I can't believe I didn't watch it before. I feel like this is one of those movies where, like, my friend Mike Sanchez told me that I had to watch Pulp Fiction. And so I just never did because mm-hmm. it wasn't going to live up to the hype. Right. Then I did 24 years later and it did
0: live up to the hype. It was amazing. Yeah. I have to do the same thing when people are like going on and on and on about a movie. I deliberately don't watch it because I'm going to go in with some thought in my head and it's not going to live up to that. It's not going to live up. So I have to step away for three or four years and then watch it.
1: Well, I stepped away from Pulp Fiction for 24. (laughs) That was excessive. This one, I mean, I and I knew it was sad. (laughs) Yeah. I knew it was sad. Because that's the thing everyone tells you. Oh my gosh, terms of, oh, you'll sob. Like that's mm-hmm. what everyone tells you. And so it's one of those, like, you know what? I don't really feel, I don't want to cry. <laughs> I don't really <laughs> feel like having my heart ripped out. So I posted that I was about to watch this. Now, all of these 80s rewinds, I've had my daughter watch them with me. Mm-hmm. She refused, flat out refused on this one. <laughs> I think she knew she hurt as well. It's going to be sad. Mama's mm-hmm. going to cry probably. Mm-hmm. And my older one is so uncomfortable with those feelings, like at her teenage years. Right. Um, Seeing an adult lose her shit. Right. And so she was like, absolutely not. And I even called her at one point during the movie and I was like, come watch this with me. And she goes, no. And ha- hung up the phone on me. <laughs> So that just wasn't going to happen. My younger daughter brought in all of her stuffed animals to sit with me because no one would watch it with me. Even Adam was like, no, I'm not doing this. But I was going through and people were commenting saying, oh, my gosh, you're going to sob.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: one thing that I always hear this related to, and I don't agree with it, is beaches. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree I with that. I didn't cry at beaches. I, I did not shed one tear at beaches.
0: I, w- I was sad. And I might have got a little watery eyed, but I didn't like there weren't flowing tears. I
1: did not cry. I thought that that Wind Beneath My Wings song was such a bitchy song. (laughs) I thought it's just it's terrible. So I did not cry. So I was like, all right, well, you know what? I'm fine with beaches. So maybe I'll be okay with this. People kept posting. And as soon as it started, like. I could see mine and my older daughter relationship like playing out. Mm-hmm. It was very scary. And I was like, oh God, I'm going to have to do some introspective work <laughs> on this one because I'm really seeing a lot of myself in Aurora, mm-hmm.
0: frighteningly so.
1: And once it got halfway through, I like started tearing up and I was like, okay, I can handle this. Mm-hmm. And then just another thing would happen. And okay, are tears coming down. Okay, it's mm. all right. I can handle this. And then another thing happened and it cannot get any worse. And I'm full on sobbing and I'm like, okay, terms of endearment, you got me. You got me. <laughs> and then there's one final kicker. <laughs> I had to leave the room. Adam was asleep next to me. I was starting to get loud. I had to leave the room. I went into my older daughter's room. I opened the door and she's like, oh good, you're still up. A- oh no. <laughs> like as soon as she saw my face. And we had to have a really long talk where she let me sit on her bed and I sobbed like a baby and told her how much I love her and how, you know, like if anything ever happens to me, I don't want her to have any regrets and I don't want her, you know, because there's there's that, there's that speech at the end. And if you haven't, seen this i'm assuming that i mean mean, they're going
0: to be spoilers so if you plan to watch it you've not yet seen it just turn this off now come back after you've watched the movie because we will be spoiling
1: when she is so the first part that got me was when garrett jack nicholson showed up to the hotel where aurora was staying while her daughter's in the hospital
0: every time well the first one that gets me is when she runs out to the nurses' station and she's telling them it's 10 o'clock my daughter needs a shot she's in pain she's in pain that one, that's what starts it
1: all. Yes. For me. Yes. I got upset during that just because, I mean, as a mom mm-hmm. and having seen my oldest daughter in pain before, right. you know, right. there's nothing where like mama's instincts kick in and mm-hmm. doctors and nurses tend to think that you're just hysterical. You don't know what you're talking about. And right. it's like, no, 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 I do. Mm-hmm. Um. So yes, that is the first one. But I didn't get to I was, I was okay. I was like, mm-hmm. "Ooh, this is going to be rough. That was my mm-hmm. first inkling. And then Garrett shows up at the hotel yes. and Aurora finally just breaks down. Yeah. That got me.
0: Because she had had that steely, like I had stuff yes. for my daughter. She's, she has cancer. She thought she's going to be okay. She obviously isn't. I've got to be strong for her.
1: Yes. She's strong she for the kids. The she's strong yep. for Flap. She's strong for everybody.
0: She's like, I am not showing any emotion. Mm-mm. I'm just rigid. And then he shows up and says, and she Hey, just Aurora. Breaks and down. She, yeah, melts.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Literally just melts into him on the stairs. So I, that's where I was like, Oh, crap. This is going to be bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that's the worst of it is seeing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Odell, I'm so naive. Oh, Poor yeah, you young, are. sweet Aaron. I'm looking back at these posts and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be awful. I'm only 10 minutes in. And then, you know, I said, "I said, good lord, everyone's in this movie." And then I said, "Oh, I'm so annoyed." You know, like Flap is being an asshole. Right. Um, I was so young and naive then, <laughs> thinking that's all this was.
0: Two and hours later.
1: My God, my <laughs> God, grew <laughs> I grew up so much in those two hours. So the next one that got me was when Flap and Emma were having a discussion basically about the kids. Right. That scene, I thought, "My God, that has to be studied. That needs to be taken into every single marriage counselor. <laughs> right. because it was so brutally honest, mm-hmm. and it was one of those like, "We don't have time to sugarcoat this. I don't have time to tell you, right. "Oh, you're a wonderful dad and you've done it." No, you fucked up." And yep. I don't think you should raise my kids.":
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, well she But there was them. no anger. No.
1: Like there was no bitterness between it was just such an open conversation
0: which I liked because Flap had been such a horrendous person. Terrible. Cheated on her so many times. Treated her like shit. Drug her around with him so that he could chase his punani that he was
1: yes with.
0: And she went along she raised the kids there were nights when he wouldn't come home and she Put up with it. So the fact that he realized and acknowledged, I've been a horrible shit to you. Yes. And you're right. I have not been a dad to these kids. (sighs) You've raised these kids and they wouldn't be good with me. Yes. is a huge, like, I feel like a lot of men could take a cue from that as well.
1: Well, and when he's, oh, the part that just about killed me was when he said, like, she got so excited he was wearing the tie. Mm Mm-hmm. And he said it's real it really is the little things. Yeah. With you, I wish I had done that more. You yep. know? Oh my God. Y'all, that there's never been a bigger truth spoken. A- definitely not in my marriage. I mean, like in, in mine and Adam's marriage, it is the tiniest little things that make the biggest difference mm-hmm. to both of us. I
0: think um, it is when you I really think for look most, right? It, right. If you're so long as you're not trying to live your life. And put on this persona for social media, but unfortunately, so many people do. When you're putting on this facade, yes. then you think the big things matter because that's what impresses your friends, right? But the little it's things the that everyday truly matter,
1: little things. Yeah, people that overlook those. Killed me. So I was crying then, and then I was like, okay, as long as like if I have to deal with, in fact, I said. Adam, this is what I wrote on Facebook. I said, Adam, you're raising the girls when I go and you will watch this movie every year on the anniversary of my death. And damn it, I'm crying. She's currently talking to Flap about what to do. I swear to God, I cannot deal with her saying goodbye to her children or mom. Tell me that doesn't happen. Oh, sweet Aaron. Oh, you little angel. So then I, the next thing I post is, no, the children are in the hall and she's now talking to Patsy. Patsy, when she turns back to Emma at the door and she says, you're my touchstone. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I just, I said out loud to the screen, I go, get the fuck out, Patsy. Like, I can't <laughs> do this. And I was speaking for Emma, for right. Deborah Winger. I was speaking for her because it's like, I just put on makeup so I can look somewhat more alive for my children. To say goodbye to them, you need to back off and you need to go. We'll do this later. I cannot deal with this right now. As your touchstone, leave me alone. Right. So then I said she has on makeup and the boys are coming in. Damn it. Odell, I really, truly hate you for making me. Watch this. (laughs) That scene with the boys.
0: Yep. The little
1: one. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
0: He was so good. And he couldn't have been more than, like, what, seven years seven? old?
1: Seven? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe.
0: Yeah. But was so good. At just, I mean, crying, obviously. But you wouldn't think it was a seven-year-old...
1: devastating. Year
0: old, right. Rarely do you see a child who can really convincingly
1: cry yes. on screen.
0: When they're that yes. young, especially. They
1: had to have, like, killed his puppy in front of him before. <laughs> they had to have done something. There's no child, like, what? what's wrong, baby? <laughs> I just wanted to hug him. <laughs> but what really got me, so this is when I love this podcast, when we can get personal. Yeah. My older one right now, uh-huh. she is in a stage of, you know, I'm like, oh, I love you. And she's like, oh, mm-hmm. like she just, right. We don't like feelings. Yeah. And so, you know, she's, as all teenagers, when they, right. hit, you know, she's almost 14, she's at that stage. And so, you know, she rarely will say, she never says it first. Right. Like, I love you. I am just a nagging be of a woman sometimes <laughs> to her. Like she does not, she flat out doesn't like me, you know? And it's fine. I'm not that- I'm not your friend. I'm your parent. Right. Go ahead. And I don't think like me.
0: But everyone goes through that. because- When you're that age, your hormones are raging. You feel everything 12 times stronger than a normal person because you're imbalanced. And so the easiest thing to do is just to do your best to not put yourself in situations where you have to feel.
1: Yes. And you're also at that weird age where mom and dad can't fix everything anymore. Right. And you're aware of it. You start to see them as human. Right. And it kind of pisses you off. Yep. You know, I it still pisses me off. So, we're at that stage and she's not affectionate at all. Mm-hmm. You know, just, my God, it's hysterical trying to hug her. But she just, that's where we are, which is fine. But her talking to her older son and mm-hmm. saying, you act like you don't like me, but I know that you do. Right. And saying, you're going to regret not saying I love you, not hugging me, not, you know, all of that stuff. Right. And I don't want you to regret it. We're good, basically. Yep. I've fucking lost my shit, (laughs) lost my shit and had that exact same conversation with my older one later (laughs) in her room, telling her, you like to act like I'm this nagging bee (laughs) and you like to hate on me and, and think that I'm, you know, just mean and all... I know how much you like me. I know how much you love me. And like, if something happens, we're good. We're fine. Don't ever regret anything in our relationship. Right. Oh my God. Odell, I can't, I can't explain (laughs) how, how much I lost my, I've never lost my shit like that in a movie. (laughs) Where I could barely breathe. I was, oh my God. And the way her son was reacting, he deserves an Oscar for Mm -hmm. not trying. Mm
0: -hmm. And he was like, I know. I like, know, I know, I know. I know, which is such a teenager thing to do. Which like, it's exactly what my older one want would to do. show. Yes. Yeah.
1: Just be. I know. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Like, just let's stop this awkward interaction yep. as soon as possible. Exactly. So there was that. So I was like, okay, you have destroyed me. <laughs> endearment. Congratulations. But then, the very end, when. Not the very, very end, but Emma's in the bed. It's quiet. Flap is asleep. Mm -hmm. Aurora is sitting there. And the look that they have, the understanding that this is it. Yep. This is the end. Yep. And the silence. Yep. That I was like, holy, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like I froze. Yep. And then Aurora loses her shit.
0: Yep. And her saying... I thought I'd prepared myself for this and it couldn't yes. get worse. I thought I it would wrong. be a yep. relief. Yep. Yep. But it was not. I was because
1: how many times do we feel that when right. we lose that? Like, I remember losing my grandmother and thinking, I was like, I'm so glad she's not in pain. That mm-hmm. makes nothing easier. Right. I'm glad she's not. In, yes, that doesn't change that feeling, but mm-hmm. I'm still here. She's not. Yep. You know? Oh my God, Odell. That... Oh God! Yeah, I I cannot believe how good and real that movie was. Mm-hmm. And then I had friends. Our friend Julia, did you see what she wrote?
0: Yeah, that she lives. She in, lives in the house in Aurora's house, right? Yes, yes. Yeah,
1: she yeah. lives in Aurora's house where a lot of it was filmed. Mm-hmm. Also, my friend Martin auditioned for the older boy. Oh, my friend Matt. Is you can see him in the sequel to Terms of Endearment, Evening Star Mm -hmm. very briefly. He's like a background or someone, Mm -hmm. but you can see him very briefly. So I'm I this is when I love being friends with actors because I'm like, ooh, this is so much fun. (laughs) Martin was 12 or 13. Okay. I I remember watching the
0: evening star because I had to, because I loved Terms of Endearment. And I remember like I haven't seen it again. Since I watched it, I remember liking it. It was, you know, I went in expecting the feels that I got from terms of endearment. Right. And really, it's, you know, Aurora terms of endearments about Aurora and Emma's relationship. And this is about Aurora's relationship with the grandkids now, who are now grown up. Right. Um, Mackenzie, Jack Nicholson's still in it.
1: Mackenzie? Is that her name? It's a granddaughter. No, Melanie. Melanie.
0: That's mm-hmm. right. Played by Juliette Lewis in Evening Star.
1: Did James Brooks direct that one as well?
0: No, Robert Harling, who was the writer of Steel Magnolias.
1: Oh, but yes, overall, this movie was (laughs) so incredible. My mom asked me why I didn't invite her over to come watch it. And I was (laughs) like, you know, I realized I had the exact same reaction because I was like, there's no way I'm watching that movie with you ever. Like, no. Even though I really want to watch it with my own daughters. But they're like, no way are we ever going to watch that movie with you. Well, just
0: don't tell them what it is.
1: Well, just like, hey, know. let's
0: sit down and watch a movie and turn it on. But don't tell them that it's called Terms of Endearment. Called, How say can it's I called, skip over that? Um, it's called Aurora and Her Life. <laughs> and start it <laughs> I after mean, I need- <laughs> the title pops up.
1: <laughs> just that beginning with her pinching the baby... Yeah, To like make sure it's breathing. <laughs> Do you know, I never pinched my babies, but I would go into their room constantly to make sure mirror. they were breathing. Not with a mirror, but I would just like, I would crawl in like all army style and I would get, I mean, until I could see their like belly moving up and down or something, mm-hmm. I would sit there and watch and wait for a sound <laughs> to make sure they were alive. <laughs>
0: It looks like we might run a little bit longer. So let's take another break and we'll finish up. I remember, so back in the day, you know, when VCRs first came into play, I think I was in sixth grade when we got our VCR, which would have been 80, like 84 about a year after this movie had been released in theaters. And what we used to do, because we lived so far away from where the video store was, you could rent movies on a Friday and keep them all weekend. They had to be back Monday by noon. Uh So, typically, my mom would go in and rent a few. And my aunt and uncle, my dad's sister, who lived up the road from us, would go and rent some. And then we would watch ours, and then we'd swap. Uh-huh. And then someone was responsible for taking them back. Well, I remember, I think my aunt had gotten this movie and she brought it over. And my mom, I remember it was later at night. My mom had was watching it. She was laying on the couch and she was sobbing. Yes. And I remember it was a scene where she was saying goodbye to her kids. And so I was like...
1: Well, and your mom well, had this. boys.
0: Right. <laughs> she had two boys, two girls. Oh my God. So... I was like, well, this is awkward. I am leaving. I have no idea what's going on. Mom's a sobbing, weeping mess on the couch. Right. Well, the next day, like, they all went out because they would typically go over to someone's house to play cards or something. And I was babysitting. My brothers and sisters had gone to bed or fallen asleep or something. So I popped in the movie Uh when I was 11 or 12. And it still, it killed me Did it?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That makes me happy to know. Yes. I tried telling, I had a... happy hour with some of my friends the other day on Zoom, because we're all living in different parts of the country. And I was like, oh my gosh, guys, have you seen this movie? (laughs) Terms of Endearment. I feel like I just discovered it. Have y'all seen this? And one of them was like, are you talking about like the one from the eighties? And I was like, yes. Oh my God. I just saw it. And They were like, Oh yeah, that was a great movie. Oh yeah, I cried. And I was like, No, 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 (laughs) no. You obviously have not seen it in the last decade
0: because you you don't just,
1: (laughs) if you do not just completely sob out loud and have your, uh, you know, yourself Mm -hmm. an ugly cry, then you definitely, all of them, I was like, You haven't seen it since you had kids. Have you? (laughs) None of them had. And I was like, you need just because that, I mean, As a parent, we're always envisioning the worst, or at least I am. Right. Worst case scenario. So do you know how many times I've said goodbye to my children in my head? (laughs) Like so many times. (laughs) I remember the night before my youngest was born, I thought I was going to die giving birth. So I said goodbye to my oldest one that night, you know, and told her how much I loved her. And I knew I was going to die the next day.
0: Because of what you'd gone through with your oldest one. Because it had been so terrible. Like the birthing
1: process is... It's barbarian. It's ridiculous. It's, (laughs) and it's crazy. So I knew I was going to die. So I've said these goodbye speeches to my kids. I don't know how many times (laughs) when it finally does happen, they're going to be like, really? Are we sure (laughs) she would have gone this time? See you later. (laughs) Exactly. But you know, we've had these. So that her talking to her kids and like just making sure that, that she deserved. The fucking Oscar just for not, not over Shirley MacLaine in right. any way. She should have gone for supporting, yeah. but she would have deserved it just for that scene for holding her shit together mm-hmm. while in front of them. And then she just broke down when they left.
0: Yep. But she had to do that for them their entire yes. life because her dad wasn't there. Yes. She was their only, she was the rock.
1: I've never related to anyone harder than when she's telling the child to get in the car. <laughs> that scene. My <laughs> oh God, get in the car. Get in the car. Get in the car. Thank oh, my you. God. <laughs> Get in the car. Get in the car. I've never. Oh, my God. There have been so many times where I just sit there and repeat the same thing over and over. I'm like, you're not. You're not getting it. <laughs> like, this isn't going to change. Of course, like, she's lost. She's done.
0: It definitely hit harder. I just remember, you know, the first time I saw it, I, I did cry. Uh-huh. But I think every time I watch it, I pick up something new, or something hits different, just because yeah. of where I am in life. Just
1: where you are and that's what's Which, amazing about these movies. Right.
0: And that's what's the deal with the three that I watch, because, you know, It's My Party was from the 90s, but this one's from the 80s. Champ, I think, is from the late 70s. Yeah. But, Every time I watch it, I pick up something else.
1: Well, and with those, like oh, oh wait,
0: and I just remember. Sorry, <laughs> it's what? not Joan Crawford. It's Faye Dunaway who plays the mom. <gasps>
1: oh, in the okay, yeah, that seems more likely.
0: I, I I said Joan Crawford because Faye Dunaway played Joan Crawford. Yes, <laughs> yes, Dearest,
1: so. <laughs> yes. Uh, another great movie. So yeah, that um, I think that being able to see it as a kid mm-hmm. and having that fear of losing mom. Right, And then being able to see it as a mom and that fear of like something happening to you, what happens to your kids, and then Uh being able to see it as a mom above that and just something happening to one of your kids. Like it's three stages that you can watch at any point in your life. You are in one of those stages emotionally, Mm -hmm. you know, you are either at the beginning, at the middle or the end.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So should we do some fun facts Oh yes, close this out. So you
1: have fun facts.
0: I do. Deborah Winger behaved erratically on the set because she didn't know this. She was fighting a severe cocaine addiction, which I did not know. Yes, and at one point,
1: I did not know that either. She and Shirley MacLaine got into a shoving match on set. I believe it. Yeah. How do you not have a volatile? Like, how does that relationship not spill out into the real world? Oh
0: yeah, especially when you're dealing with someone who's playing your daughter who has a severe cocaine addiction, and she's just erratic.
1: Well, and Deborah Winger, like she's, she, she was known as a little bit crazy.
0: Yeah. And even I
1: watched Shirley MacLaine's speech and she's, she said the turbulent brilliance. Mm hmm. Her speech at the Oscars. Uh-huh. And I remember reading about, Debra, wasn't it Deborah Winger who wanted to be Catwoman?
0: No, it was Sean.
1: Sean. <gasps>
0: uh, yes. From Blade Runner, right?
1: Yes, yes, yes. That's right.
0: And she dressed up like her and everything. They're like, yeah, no. Because she was another one, I think, who had what was quite was reputation of being...
1: Yes. Sean Young.
0: Sean Young. Yes. Yep.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: But Deborah Winger, she was difficult on this set. She was difficult on an officer and a gentleman. And like her and Richard Deer didn't movie. get along. I don't know about Urban Cowboy. <laughs> I'm assuming <laughs> it was the same with John Travolta. Shirley McLean said that Jack Nicholson would do crazy things on the set, like show up practically naked. And a lot of their scenes were improvised.
1: I love it. Yeah, one of my friends wrote that the part in the book was not intended. Like the part in the book is different from Garrett mm-hmm. in the movie.
0: Yep. James L. Brooks chose Shirley MacLaine to play Aurora because she was the only one who saw it as a comedy.
1: Brilliant. Real and life it is it is freaking oh, yeah. funny.
0: Yeah, but it's. It's funny because it's so real.
1: It's so real. But like just that one look she gives when she's like talking to Jack Nicholson and her family just showed up and she's like, oh, I may want to turn in a little early, too. And then the kid's like, grandma, grandma. <laughs> and just her face and like not breaking yeah. eye contact. Oh my God. That's yep. so funny.
0: Real life mother and daughter duo, Janet Lee and Jamie Lee Curtis were considered for the roles of Aurora and Emma.
1: That would have been interesting. hmm
0: I just, I can't see anyone else but Shirley McLean. No. The role. No. Jodie Foster turned down the role of Emma due to her commitment at Yale, which I can't see Jodie Foster as Emma either.
1: I can't either. I cannot see anyone in, I, I mean. No. This was just perfect.
0: In her autobiography, My Lucky Stars, Shirley McLean talked about some of the hostile moments between her and Deborah Winger. She said, this is the one that kind of made me laugh, but I would have been so appalled. Shirley MacLaine said that Winger one day yelled at her to get over here when it was time to hit her marks on set. Uh, Shirley MacLaine responded with, I heard you. I know what marks are when I see them. And then Deborah Winger said, good. Well, how's this for a mark? And she turned around walked away, lifted her skirt slightly, looked over her shoulder, bent over, and farted in my face. <gasps> Deborah. Can you imagine farting at Shirley MacLaine? <laughs> Debra! Even farting in her vicinity it just seems so wrong. But Winger also said, I can't deny that we fought. She said this to the New York Times in 86. She said, we're not having lunch together today. We challenged ourselves, and when we got tired of challenging ourselves, we challenged each other. But I think there was always a respect between the two of us.
1: I don't know. You farted in her face, girl.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? I feel like that's pretty disrespectful.
1: I met Shirley MacLaine. You did? She, yes. This was in the, okay, let me think. Because I know my friend Jamie was there. She's the one who made a sneak backstage. (laughs) It was, I think I was 13 or 14 years old. So it was Uh early 90s. And she came through Houston. She was doing a one-woman show. Mm Mm-hmm. And she came through and did this whole, like, you know, singing, acting thing, Mm -hmm. dancing. She was amazing. And in it, though, she talked about basically having the balls to, like, you know, go out of your comfort zone. And Mm -hmm. just, you know, if you want something, you go for it. So, I was with my friend Jamie, and Jamie was like, let's just go meet her. And I was like, (laughs) okay. And we, I mean, she talked her way backstage, and we ended up in Shirley MacLaine's dressing room. Whoa. Talking with her. Now, at the time, I knew Shirley MacLaine, I think at that point from, I knew her from, I had not seen The Apartment yet, which is my favorite of hers. Sweet
0: Charity or whatever. I had
1: not seen Sweet Charity, but she performed a lot of that. So I just saw her as a musical theater actress, you know, not as Aurora or... Even Steel Magnolias, I think at this point I had seen it.
0: So it came out in like 89. Yeah. yeah. Like 88 or 89. Yeah.
1: So I had seen that because I remember when that came out, I saw it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have, you know, I was a kid. I didn't have the appreciation for her that I do now. Right. Now I look back and I'm like, holy shit. I was like in Shirley MacLaine's dressing room. Right. Talking with her. And I knew none of her work. <laughs> At the time I was talking to her.
0: And like, on one hand, I wonder if, I mean, obviously she was the type of actor who wasn't so self, self-absorbed where she was like, you don't realize who I am, you know, that yeah. you're in the presence of greatness. She was humble enough to be like.
1: I remember she was very proud girls. of us for working our way backstage. She was very impressed <laughs> that we were able to do that. And I was silent because, I mean, you know, I'm not a big rule breaker. And so I was just like, oh my God, we're going to be in so much trouble. And my friend Jamie is just like, blah, 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 just talking it all up and, you know, love Shirley MacLaine and all of that.
0: All right. Well, I think we've dissected the beautiful, wonderful, amazing movie that is Terms of Endearment that's always worth a rewatch every couple of years. It really
1: is. I don't know that I can ever watch it again.
0: (laughs) It hits different like because you know what's coming. Right. And I feel like the first time, especially when you go in knowing that it is such a tearjerker, you anticipate that, those moments, right?
1: the right? entire
0: time. The next time that you watch it, you know they're coming, but you can appreciate the ride more because there's no anticipation. You know exactly where you're going.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's all I have. That's all I have. So uh, we're closing out. Which is funny because we're closing out at the end of summer, just like the new show will be when we yes, get going. yeah, so it's kind
1: of perfect.
0: We will see you again. Watch for our announcements. Watch for one on the Why Is Everyone Staring At Us feed. But keep an eye out for Suddenly Last Summer. Coming to you the Friday after Memorial Day of 2022. Yay! And so then, friends, if you just miss us so much... We would love to have you over on our other podcast. Now, we recently changed the name. So it's called Six Degrees of WTF.
1: Odell's going through some crises right now, obviously. (laughs) Rebranding and and changing everything.
0: Totally. I'm doing everything. But I feel like we're more focused now. But yeah, look for that. We're doing, this is our second year, and we're doing a true crime road trip. And we've been doing a lot of missing person cases. So those of you who are afraid of murder, I I think I've only done one murder so far um, on the show. You've done more murders than me this time around. which is, I have done more murders. But lots of good stuff going on over there. But if you absolutely just cannot do it, well, then you're just going to have to wait a year to see us again. So. Yep. Whatever the case, we'll see you somewhere. Until then, I said don't be stabby because that's the <laughs> show. So. Keep feeling fascination, you material girls. (laughs) And remember, it's just another Manic Monday. We'll see you soon. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. To ensure you don't miss future episodes, head over to iTunes or your favorite podcasting app and subscribe. And while you're there, show us some love with a five-star rating. If you'd like ad-free content, merch discounts, unedited videos of our recording sessions, and other goodies, you should become a Patreon member. Just head to our website at whyareyoustaring.com and click the Patreon link to subscribe. Speaking of our website, this is also where you can send us your questions, leave us a voicemail, and find out more about us. And since you're there, go ahead and treat yourself to some merch. And don't forget to follow us on social media. See you next time. was brought to you by literally everything.